2: and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what
3: is up? Why don't you check out the NFL Fantasy Live podcast?
4: Yeah, NFL Fantasy Live podcast is Tuesdays and Fridays. You can find it on iTunes, on NFL.com. We always give you the top waiver wire, pickups, starts and sits, everything you need to win a championship. Matchups, shenanigans, everything. A lot of Star Wars stuff.
0: You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll wear a tie and eat yogurt. It's great. (laughs)
3: Listen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the WizKid from Wisconsin, MG, Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano, and me, James Coe, every Tuesday and Friday on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast.
5: The Around the NFL Podcast thinks about Matt Money Smith more than he realizes.
0: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys?
6: What is happening?
0: I don't know if that's true, by the way. I don't think about Matt Money Smith a lot. I think about him a oh. lot. Okay.
3: Because he has a ton, he is like an evolutionary Tom Brokaw, and his voice is
6: fantastic. I oh, love it. I see. I see. It.
7: One of my favorite people in the building. All right, calm down.
6: Right. I got Wait, it. Did you not say "Hey, Dan"? By the way. Wow.
0: <laughs> hey, Dan. Not too late. Not too late. Greg, uh, to my right, brought his uh, adorable daughter, Ellis, here today. Hi, Ellis. And Greg mistakenly <laughs> believed that there would be extra personnel behind the glass to babysit. No, that's not the true. The four-year-old girl. And... She doesn't have anybody back there, so who knows what's <laughs> going to happen during this show. We might have a distracted Greg Rosenthal, is what
6: I'm saying. Well, she's waving at us. She's, as she'll be quick to point out, she's four and three quarters, so they're allowed. Oh, wow. At
3: least there isn't like yeah. thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of like <laughs> tricky technical equipment back there that she will not want to tug on. In and,
0: full. and Greg's right. Like, she's totally fine right now, one minute into a 67 <laughs> minute podcast.
7: <laughs> she's
6: already I've up. got backup We're plans. Covered. Maybe I'll run in there for 30 seconds during the show and, and use that backup plan. We're good.
0: She's already
7: our fourth best producer ever, Dan.
6: <laughs> Dan, uh, I asked if she could be in the studio. Not Rushmore. I asked if she could be in the studio, and Dan was like, "No, she was once a guest on RJVP." So <laughs> <can't do laughs> was it. she really? I wouldn't know. She did. She did call in once. Okay, love it. Well
0: well, it all checks out. <laughs> um, not the only uh, female presence behind the glass today, uh, and this and everyone's really excited about this. Uh, I could I could say that for sure because back we we teased earlier that she's back with the company after a forced hiatus by shadowy league figures, a suspension perhaps. We're going to Anaheim too often, but now she has returned. La Seed! <laughs>
1: The longest party horn of all time. Wow. Hey guys, so welcome good to back. Be back. Thank you.
6: What a what a reintroduction. What a party.
1: Right. I just I feel so welcome.
0: A member, of course, of Mount Rushmore of around the NFL producers. It's always great when we get one back because what happens a lot because of the structure of the the, the hiring here with the the corpo leaders, they never open their kimonos the right way, and <laughs> when, when talent walks out of the building, they don't always come, always come back because they end up getting a job somewhere else full time. But sid who is going places in this industry did make her way back here so we're very happy to have you back
1: thanks dan good to be back
0: that was a very
3: peaceful version of how this company operates Mm. they assume that most human beings in los angeles one of the least uh, expensive cities in the country (laughs) only need to work seven months a year (laughs) that for the other five they can just spend money open their wallets and do as they please and everything will be fine
6: uh, Brandon, true. you know, speaking of is working as a day laborer right now. Irish. In, uh, <laughs> Sydney.
0: Irish is in the building. Uh, La Cid is going to, you know, work in, uh, they're going to kind of do a split. This is basically like the Dallas Cowboys by November of this year. It's going to be a half and half job maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens. Back
6: in Romo, you're saying?
0: Yeah. Oh, once Romo gets hurt. that's bold. Which reminds me, and we'll get to Tony Romo a little bit later, but. Um, if you read the uh, latest uh, end-around column, it is about the six different scenarios that could play out for the Cowboys this year. Mm. One of those six scenarios will play out this season. There's no way I missed uh, a permutation of their season.
7: I just read that while we were going to air. I enjoyed it, and I have a question for you. Yes, Has any starting quarterback ever retired at midseason?
3: I mean, some of them physically have, and they continue to be on the
7: roster.
0: I think – Brett Favre in his final final Viking season kind of <laughs> yeah. checked out. Yeah. But I don't think he physically or officially retired until after. The-
7: I think Romo might be at the level of Favre's final
0: Viking season. Hmm. Wow. Well, that is a good way to to tease uh, some topics later today. But this is a very fun show because not only is Sid back, uh, we're going to talk some news, the two preseason games uh, last night. And finally, part three of the fantasy extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> Got a big one. Help me out, guys. Clear some room on the boat. Special guest coming in a little bit later on the show. No
6: expense was spared with the sound effects.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, very true. All right. So, and uh, let's get to it. Let's get started. Uh, I'll give a pre-show grade today uh, just because it is a special show. La Cid back behind the glass for the first time in what, seven months? Something like that?
8: Yeah, like six months.
0: Six months. Um, I got the big fish in the boat. Excited about that. Patriots made a dumb trade. Happy about that. (laughs) It's Friday. Everybody loves the weekend.
6: B. Wow. (laughs) All right. Okay. Tired than usual. Yeah. Little bump for Ellis in the studio.
0: Let's do some news.
6: We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God.
7: (laughs) (laughs) That's from the Blues
0: Brothers?
1: Excellent, excellent.
0: Uncle Humor. That's in <laughs> I Wes's don't even, Wheelhouse. I don't even like that movie. There's only two movies that matter, Blues Brothers and Caddyshack. Oh, don't forget about <laughs> Animal House. <laughs> well,
7: two of those three are good movies.
3: It's deadly accurate, your uh, thesis on Uncle's
7: uh,
0: Uncle's vouch films. for those movies more yeah. than they'll vouch for their own children.
7: That's not untrue. Stripes is always in the mix. There. Stripes is great. I didn't
0: reference Stripes. <laughs> I know. I'm saying That's it's more usually one of those movies. A Bill Murray kind of more, a little off, not off brand, but a little off kilter or not so mainstream. I'm talking about th- those three movies. Okay. Excuse me. Stewardess? I don't get it. Yeah. Just missed it. I missed stripes. all the bits. All right. Here we go. We'll start with the preseason games. And of course, Dallas and Seattle playing at the clink. And the big news out of this game three plays in, just three plays. Tony Romo gets collapsed from behind uh, by Cliff Avril, 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 Avril. Grabs at his back, and Mark, what is the first thing you're you're thinking while you're watching Tony Romo once again laid out on the field?
3: I mean, he looked like a sixty-five-year-old man that just had that crazy back spasm, and as he's walking down his front steps, and the day is over, got to go <laughs> lie on a couch. I mean, it was disturbing. How many times do we need to watch Tony Romo? Lying on the field, writhing in pain. And it just was another reminder that this Dak Prescott thing couldn't have come at a better time.
7: I was watching this game with my (coughs) paramour, who had just drafted Tony Romo as her starting quarterback in her fantasy league five minutes before that hit. And (laughs) it was perhaps at my behest that she drafted him as the best remaining quarterback. And I felt so guilty (laughs) when I saw the fragility and the obvious pain. And like you said, he looked like a 65-year-old man, the way he
6: bent down on that play.
3: She's going to be happy to hear that less than 24 hours later, you're suggesting he's about to retire in the middle of her <laughs> fantasy season. Well, we're we're
6: bearing the lead that we think he's going to be fine, that afterwards it sounded like he's fine. You never know. Maybe it locked up the next day. I Romo said that was – He might a, be on the floor next to his bed and no one's found <laughs> that, him yet. That's true. That That was a hit that I feel like would have hurt a lot of quarterbacks. Romo said that's the hardest he's been hit in five years, and when I saw that, I immediately thought, oh, he's out for the season, because if you are coming off broke, double broken collarbones, those are the hits that break your collarbone. It was a stupid play by Romo, too, not really being aware of what's going on, uh, not having that clock in his head. If it was RG3 that made that play and he got hurt, people would get on him for not getting rid of the ball. Ezekiel Elliott made a terrific block on that play to give him some extra time. He didn't sense the pressure from behind, and if you're a Cowboys fan, you've got to just be worried, obviously, that – How long is he going to last? How many hits can he really take? I mean, they
3: already were worried about that, and it's just another confirmation that it seems like at any given time for the Cowboys, things could go
0: south. Can I also bring up, I feel like poor Tony Romo, who we all admire in this room as a great kind of underrated quarterback, grabbing at his back. How many times have we heard almost verbatim this exact quote from Jerry Jones? I was just in shock. I had my mind on, come on, Tony, get up. Said a few prayers right there. He said that seven different times since 2008. I feel like that's (laughs) word for word. That's the post-game quote after every game. Maybe he just recycles it. He just releases the statement. that That's what he was thinking.
6: (laughs) And you don't want it affecting. How can it not affect Tony Romo's confidence a little bit? I mean, they've got the best offensive line we've seen in years. And I think this year they're set up to be better than ever. So he's going to get great protection. But this is literally, what, his third drive of the preseason. He's got to try to make it 16 games. How can it not affect? the way he thinks about how he plays because he's kind of a freewheeling quarterback
7: we spent the offseason talking about how an unbreakable ox like Andrew Luck needs to change the way he plays football mm. he doesn't really need to change the way his, he plays football but Tony Romo does and it reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger about five years ago when the Steelers wanted him to become more of a cerebral drop back quarterback and stop freelancing so much Tony Tony Romo especially with that running game and And offensive line needs to stop freelancing. Some.
3: I mean, the way that Ezekiel Elliott looked and it couldn't have been a better, you know, performance for him, everyone that's watched the game would agree. I mean, in theory, that first seven-place scoring drive, they hand the ball off five times. You know, and if they can continue to do that, Romo's not going to be under pressure to throw the ball as much. But I just think that you put Deck Prescott in and suddenly he's running the read option. He's going crazy. He's <laughs> throwing passes all over the field. I mean, there's pressure from all sorts of sides on Tony Romo if he doesn't play up to par. Oh, uh, well, You're
6: saying there will be a quarterback controversy? I don't think
3: that that's going to happen because Romo doesn't deserve that at this point. But if Romo looks creaky, you know, a month into the year, people aren't going to forget about what Dak Prescott's done in the preseason. That's how this stuff boils up.
0: I randomly stumbled upon, speaking of Elliott, I randomly stumbled upon the 2007 Fiesta Bowl, which I'm not a big college football fan, but that was the famous Statue of Liberty game uh, with Boise and Oklahoma, Boise State University in Oklahoma, the game that they won in overtime. And at the end of that game, uh, Adrian Peterson Uh, He puts Oklahoma ahead late in the game by turning the corner and then just going downhill like a a bull, uh, like a guy that cannot be tackled. That's the same thing I was thinking when I was watching Elliott in that game yesterday, the way he gets to the corner so quickly, and then it just looks like he's going on a steep uh, decline just straight down a hill.
7: I loved what I saw of Ezekiel Elliott to the point where I'm a little afraid I'm going to become a Cowboys fan this year. Yeah, That guy is fun to watch, and he reminds me of sort of like The running back version of Tyron Matthew, where he just has rare instincts, rare toughness, Rare vision, rare awareness, and he's just a complete football player.
6: Right. Some some running backs are going to have that burst to the outside, but they're not going to be able to finish runs like Ezekiel Elliott, too. They're not going to be able to pass block like Elliott. They're not going to be able to catch the ball like Elliott. What's his and weakness? They, I mean, he ran. Oh, it's great that in his first NFL action, he runs over Cam Chancellor, who's basically got the reputation as the biggest bully on the block. And Don't you think he meant to do that? Absolutely. And and they're li- and I had some people tweeting at me, like this line makes everyone look great, you know. Oh, enough with that. that oh. That's not the that's not the point. Block yeah, they em. do. That yeah they do. But he's gonna be so special that he can take advantage of that line to outrageous numbers.
3: Well, and at the line that's 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 true of the line, he doesn't look the same as Alf Morris. They're completely different running backs. <laughs> right. and the and the battle, as you mentioned, between Elliot and Chancellor was fantastic, and Chancellor praised him after the game because he ran right through him on one play, and he's a three-down back. We, all, we saw the Romo, the Romo block that he gave. He can do it all.
0: One of the timelines I laid out in the column I said was um, Ezekiel Elliott winning the rushing title and winning Offensive Player of the Year as a rookie, which hasn't been done uh, by a running back since Earl Campbell way back when. It seems like there's a chance that he could really take over the league in year 1, right? I don't disagree with that at
6: all and I think it's only a matter of time before he's the most complete running back in the NFL. And they, and they're going to need to score cuz that defense that they had no pass rush for most of that game, they're going to give up a lot of points. It's just it's just a recipe. Dak Prescott by the way didn't have the big numbers, you know, his yards per attempt was, you know, down under 6, and yet that performance against a really good defense where he made absolutely no mistakes, he has the game tied at halftime when the starters uh, we're in where he made a lot of good decisions. Couple inaccurate passes like that almost impressed me as much as the the wow factor first two games.
3: I thought he he had a play in this game where he rolled out, whipped it on first downs, a ten yard pass. Richard Sherman coming at him, heat seeking, nailed him in the midsection. He stood in there and made the throw.
6: I mean, the guy mm-hmm. looks like he's been in the league for multiple. Seasons. And and save your tweet, Seahawks fans. Every, yeah, a lot of people. For that were following the this game last say oh all you guys did was <laughs> write about the Se- the Seahawks, you tweet about the Seahawks. It's like your team is that one works. of the best five teams. We're not worried about your offense like you you are. We're just waiting to see them in the regular season. We oh, don't need to learn. We'd much be about
7: remiss them. if we didn't say Chris and Michael look fantastic. Oh yeah. Once I, you
0: I was it. gonna say thirteen takeaways from Thursday Cole and this is the headline. Ezekiel steals the show.
2: You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.
0: By Greg Rosenthal. Make sure you check it out. But anything else we want to add from that game before we move on?
7: Kristen Michael, and I wrote – He's uh, this year's
0: Doug Martin.
6: He won it, by the way. He is. So. He,
7: and you, I'm so tired of getting tweets from people who just don't trust their eyes or cannot see what is obvious on the field. Kristen Michael is a totally different player than he was his first couple of years in the league. And you can see this every August with certain running backs. He's this year's Chris, This year's Doug Martin.
6: One small thing with Seattle was I thought it was interesting to see Paul Richardson out there with the starters playing just as much as Jermaine Curse and Tyler Lockett, a guy who's faster probably than Tyler Lockett. And that, you think about the four wide receivers that they have, all 27 and under, all with different skills. It, it's an impressive group that Wilson has now.
0: What uh, moving on to the other game, Greg, uh, which was the Atlanta Miami game? What stood out from you the most in that game?
6: How the up tempo Dolphins offense was fun to watch. It's not it has been a fun Ryan Tannehill. No more bubble offense. screams. Not a lot of bubble screens, a lot of three, four wide receivers. Kenny Stills was Ryan Tannehill's target again. And that the no huddle was their base offense. That they, I don't think they huddled the whole half, basically. That they were an up-tempo. I don't think they trust their running game. They ran 23 times for 42 yards. They're playing four left tackles on their offensive line. And Collinsworth made this point. That that means they're going to be good at pass blocking and lousy at run blocking. I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to throw it like crazy. My main takeaway was that Arian Foster looked pretty smooth. Yeah. I That's thought he
7: looked
0: good. an improvement from what we heard yep. last week.
7: Yeah,
6: he was smooth. I was worried about overreacting, and now I don't want to overreact to this either. He had ten yards and five carries, but he looked—he definitely looked better. I mean,
3: the touchdown run showed you what he's still capable of post—you know—surgery. I—I wasn't blown away by Arian Foster, but they didn't give him a lot to do. It wasn't—he came in
6: very much later in the game than I thought he would.
0: Greg, does Matt Ryan still look like a rich man's Mark Sanchez
6: now? I think if—if if you're a guy, if. I thought Matt Ryan was going to take a big leap last year. At this point, the Matt Ryan believers out there, they're, we're worried. I mean, he's he's made some bad red I'm not zone. not worried. You're not at all? No. I'm not worried about week three in the preseason. I know, but he he made some of those same mind-numbing red zone interceptions late last year throughout the second half. He did it again in this game. I'm not too worried, but he just hasn't looked like the same guy in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Uh, one, one quick note. Sorry, Dan. Because no, like,
3: we, Wes and I – mind melded on this watching this on condensed uh <laughs> game pass where i didn't even know i didn't know that it was in orlando initially and neither did he that the field from <laughs> a game pass angle is one of the uh, it looks like someone took a bedspread and just ruffled it up it was just an insane looking field a hideous hideous football field for an nfl team <laughs> yeah. to playing
7: on
6: also jordan is J- jordan cameron that's the pro Bowl this year isn't that there no, well, it is. it's in Orlando, it is. You're yeah, that's why they're that's still why having they, that thing. That's why yeah. they played it. That's why they played it, I think, as a tryout.
7: I won't have to worry about watching that game.
3: <laughs> I'm not big on Jordan Cameron, so I th- th- this is just oh, not yeah. been a great,
6: great Can I preseason. Offer. He's had a miserable preseason.
7: One last Romo thought before sure. we move on. I think we've seen from quarterbacks who've been in the league 10, 12, 15 years, they don't grow stale over time. The fall is sudden and steep, and you saw it with Peyton Manning. You saw it with Brett Favre, and it wouldn't surprise me if you see mm. it with Tony Romo. I mean, this is Looks
3: again. Old. I'm going to throw that as shocking, you know, uh, updates from you after you convinced a you know <laughs> someone you care for to draft him in a fantasy league last night. Well, so, I'm just saying yeah, that's going to create a rift there.
4: How much
7: should this, we read
0: into that? This part. is all Middle part stage. of
7: Dan's dice roll. That's one possibility. Right. <laughs> it's also possible that he channels 2014 form when he was runner-up MVP, MVP.
6: If he was on like 27 or 28 of the other teams, he might be in deep, deep trouble. The fact that he's on this offense with that line really could. Could
0: him. I think the only way he plays 16 games is if they make football two hand touch. I just don't think his body can make it. I'm not even, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I don't think he can make it. I think, back issues, the clavicle are in, the, crazy. in the back. Yep. One hit. That's all it takes. Uh, the other bad news for the Falcons that came out of that game. Uh, was that first-round safety Keanu Neal will miss three to four weeks after suffering a knee injury that will require a scope. All the ligaments are fine, but the nun- number 17 overall pick hurt uh, on a stiff arm, Chris Wessling, by Arian Foster.
6: Well, that that's in fairness to Arian Foster's numbers, by the way. Neal got hurt before the stiff arm came. His one big play was on, he was going against a guy who just had torn his knee.
3: I mean, he. That's, d- that's that's supposed to be their Cam Chancellor, and he dropped a hammer on an early. By this team.
6: way, this Fal- this Falcons team is so blah. I mean, losing can- it's just a blah.
3: Is that blah, a news update? I mean,
6: no. that's just who they They're are, blarer yeah. than ever.
0: Uh, let's move on. We'll talk about the Patriots who made two trades uh, in the last forty eight hours. The first one um, involves a former first round pick of the Cleveland Browns. Barkevius Mingo, who once upon a time was viewed as uh, you know, the next great pass rusher for the Browns. It never really took uh, – he dealt mostly, Mark, I feel like, besides a lack of production, a lot of size issues. He could never put on the right body weights. But the Patriots saw something, so they, uh, they land uh, Mingo in exchange for a fifth-round pick in the 2017 draft. Uh, we'll start with you on this, Mark. Uh, how do you feel about this? They essentially gave up on Mingo – Got some value back. Fifth round is not a terrible pick to get back, but they, they quit on a first rounder.
3: Well, I mean, there's no end to the first round narratives in Cleveland. I, this is, it was three regimes ago that drafted him. He, it was only until this offseason that he tacked on, in theory, the weight that he'd need to play. I would trust New England. Um, to have seen something in him, Bill Belichick, and to make something out of it. But I'm going to slow down on this. The Cleve- it's another disaster in Cleveland. He was playing inside linebacker as a la- and, and basically special teams coming in in the second half of games as a last chance to make the team. They have other outside linebackers. He had they no like. chance
6: to make the team.
3: He was going to get cut, so they got a draft pick for him. Now, it, yes, if he goes to New England and has eight sacks, then good for him. I, I'm not root- I get all these tweets that I'm rooting against all these people, and you know it, it was all day long, and it was my off day. It's like I'm not rooting against Mingo. <laughs> and the thing is, I it, it would knew- annoy you. Wes, Wes also good, brought right? up. Well, not really, because they tried, and it's it, it does speak to the last two coaching regimes that couldn't get anything out of him. and this one that has inherited all these players, they have the right to say, you know, just because he's a first round pick, he wasn't our first round pick. But he was. He was Ray Horton's.
6: He, his one good year was with Ray
3: Horton. Ray Horton was not making personnel decisions right. when Joe Banner
6: was running their front office with Mike My Ramon point is, guarantee his one, that. the one time he looked like a decent NFL player, he had the exact same system and the exact same coach he has now. So, if anything, I think that makes your point stronger that if this guy, Ray Horton, doesn't think Mingo can have any value, I think that's a red flag.
3: And I saw, and Wes, I saw you mention Sheard too, but the thing about Sheard that's very different than Mingo is that Sheard was in three different defensive systems and thrived in each one of them playing a four and a three-man front and showed that how and he's a tough player that played through a nasty foot injury in his last year in Cleveland. I wasn't surprised to see him go to New England when he as a free agent. He didn't want to stay in Cleveland. I don't blame him to be productive. Mingo would be a surprise if he comes would, anywhere close to Shear.
0: That all, all that makes sense. But you've spoken often on the podcast about this fear. Wouldn't you have rather I, him gone it, it to Tampa ex- or Jacksonville or Detroit? No, it doesn't
6: extend. No, I think, what's, why they listen, have I, think I
3: think it's different when it's like a Johnny Manziel, it's, it's like a Johnny Manziel a quarterback type thing. Where I didn't want to see him going somewhere else and lighting up because Cleveland couldn't coach the player up or keep him. You know, we well, did go field. somewhere else and light it up. Yes, he did, Greg. Excellent (laughs) joke with your four-year-old daughter in the studio. (laughs) But I'm just saying, I don't have a a problem with with this at this point because the Browns, listen, they're starting over. They're starting over, and it's it's time to let go of 2013 first-round picks that have not done anything in three-plus seasons. No. I think he's going to go to New England and have
7: 10 sacks. (laughs)
2: Really?
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm I mean, sorry, I feel you like you do. want him to, number <laughs> of one. Of course I do. Like he's a Patriots well, well, I mean, guy. it's
7: like, give me a break. So. This guy
0: carries the water up and down the hill. Of course it's, he wants
7: it. I, 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 mean, I hope he's productive you, too. Can but you blame I mean, me for thinking that's going to happen? The Patriots take cast-offs from other places and get production but out. They, a they lot do. of times
6: they take cast-offs and it doesn't work. And a fifth-round pick, why not? It's like, how many fifth-round picks – make the the Patriots or make an impact uh, do you have a greater chance of hitting on your undrafted free agents or fifth round pick they're taking a shot with a the guy they thought was talented but uh, to me if he is if he plays 20 snaps a game and, and gets five sacks that would be a big win he for was him. he was injured for a big chunk
3: of his time in Cleveland I give the Patriots this credit and more teams should do this they are trading non-stop they constantly they're turn trying. the roster they find value they like him good luck to him
0: Let's move on. The other trade the Patriots made their center, Brian Stork, who had least recently lost his starting job, but had started 17 games over the last two seasons. He was moved uh, to the Washington Redskins in, in exchange for a conditional draft pick rap sheet reported. Greg, Brian Stork, Brian with a Y. Anything to add?
6: Well, just that uh, you have a, a rookie center who plays great his rookie year. He starts uh, one of the best Super Bowls ever, where you have a classic fourth quarter comeback, and then, and then a year year and a half later, he's traded for nothing. That's just sort of how what happens with the Patriots. You you get used to not getting too attached to anyone but the top ten players on the team. They just change their mind. But when the Patriots do it, it's like, oh, that genius. that's, <laughs> that's, that's
7: that
3: just
6: genius. genius. Why why run. do people
7: have
3: problem with it? Well, I'm saying if another team, they keep winning over a, and over again. I mean, whatever they, they, they do, are genius, but if another team did had the same Brian Stork experience, and, and yes, to your point, Wes, it's fully deserved. It's like that team's crumbling in upon well, itself. And, you know?
0: and we're that not going to fall down. It's on itself. Let's they not fall down center, the Patriots like vortex. But the reason they they've been good for 15 years because they're the best quarterback ever and the best coach ever.
6: Yeah, but most, but the coach for the most ma- part. The coach is making all these decisions. He's definitely not afraid. He likes David Andrews better. Well, this guy, he didn't like for very, I think, for other reasons. It sounds like his love for football or, you know, it was questioned in terms of he was thinking of retiring. He'd been in fight. Like,
3: could uh, they, have they make got- a decisive decision. Belichick
6: might be the best
3: GM around, too, by the way, which he's never given credit for.
7: Could they have gotten a higher draft pick if they waited three hours from the Houston Texans?
6: mm That's a good point. Their starting center went down, and they've Mm -hmm. got no backup. It sounded like they were just going to cut Stork, too, and then they just got a phone call from Redskins. Belichick and O'Brien are tight. That could have. You never know. Knows the offensive
7: system there.
0: Uh, That's what's happening in the news. By the way, Greg, one thing I wanted to touch on. I've been meaning to do it for uh, a couple weeks now, but this feels like a good time. You are no longer in a management position. That's true. You have freed yourself up uh, as a writer. And I I've noticed the uptick in your production and some interesting column ideas, some great execution. You've done a great job.
6: Thank you, Tim. As uh, as I'm
0: waiting colleague. for
6: something to drop, something another shoot to drop here.
0: Uh, but now that you are more kind of like us, okay, then you don't have these other tasks to deal with, meetings and scheduling and managing the various egos that come with being the boss of around the NFL. I think I think it's fair. Uh, to wonder uh, if it's time to bring back Hero Picks, baby! Oh, yeah. Come on back, Greg. Let's pick some heroes together.
6: I don't want to do hero picks, bro. <laughs> what, does that, what does that have to do with managing you or not?
0: Because you're, you're not you're doing just it. just
6: trying to butter me up.
0: No, we were we our NFL picks, which was a huge hole in the show last year. No one would remember if you ever brought it up. Doing the him. NFL game picks every week, and we have a competition. And last year, Greg pulled the rug out from under us uh, and said he wasn't doing the picks anymore. And I think. The the subtext was I'm too busy. I'm a manager. That wasn't I it can't at all. I was not this it. Stuff. I
6: said it, it was not emotionally. It was emotionally exhausting. I was too into paying attention to picks, and it, it hurt my enjoyment of football. Let me to translate that for yes.
7: Well, there's on the one hand his own degeneracy that he was worried about, and then he didn't like it when you <laughs> whined and complained and wanted to change the rules late in
6: the year. Well, that was part of it too. Dealing with all that. That's that <laughs> well, all. Was that all was all, stupid, all. But it was BS. mostly self inflicted. I'll admit that I'm trying to, I'm trying to be healthy.
3: I like how you did that though, Dan. You got him into a nice <laughs> place, yeah. exactly. kind of you exactly. know, highlighted the whole career yes. shift that he's uh, gone through, and uh, he did not bite.
0: Um, no, he did not bite. <laughs> but we're gonna keep working on it. And everybody okay. out there on Twitter, I want you to go after him uh, on this. Yeah. Hashtag bring back hero picks.
6: Yeah, tens of people noticed last year that we did. Uh,
0: everybody hear that? Uh, hear that? He doesn't respect where you're coming from. This is why he doesn't go you to the subreddit. You can still do hero
6: picks. You can still do hero no, picks. No, it's, it's not
0: the same without it being the four of us.
6: You can still make your picks. You do make your picks.
0: Did you notice that I hung up the burlap sack next to your desk that says bring back hero picks on it? One of our listeners sent it in last oh, year.
6: Oh, that's right.
7: I think it's clear that Greg does not care about the common man. Hmm. It's not true at all. You know,
3: <laughs> he is, his offspring is in the room. Can we have a little bit more respect for the former boss? <laughs>
0: All right, folks, it is time. Part three of the Around the NFL Fantasy Extravaganza.
2: Is fantasy real? Is real fantasy? You be the judge. I am your judge. I say the future
8: is ours.
0: And with that, it is time. Here we go. One last time. (laughs) 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 Bloop. Wes, grab me. Pull me, baby. (laughs) Get back in the boat. Get in the boat. In the boat. Evan Silva, the senior <laughs> football editor of Roto World and a dad to the cutest little girl.
6: <laughs> that's his Twitter bio, to be clear. Yeah,
0: not to be a creep. That is actually that's the Twitter bio. Evan, welcome to the around, the around the NFL podcast.
8: Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm a regular listener during the off season and leading up to the season and during the season, so a year-round listener, and I'm just hoping that I do better than Spice Rack did.
6: <laughs> See, I feel like you're covering yourself. You started saying you're just like an off-season listener, and then you realize, oh, wait, that sounds bad. No, no, I'm a year-round listener for sure.
0: <laughs> so, a couple things. Um, first of all, the fact that we have right now... Well, first of all, let me just say that in my teasing of the big fish, its it says a lot uh, for Mr. Silva that everyone was guessing Evan Silva. I, my Twitter was inundated with people wow. saying, "Oh, it's Evan Silva." There was no other uh fantasy uh star that was mentioned. So mm-hmm. that speaks to Evan And greatness
6: well, maybe in the they realized too cuz West seemed to take offense that that there was some sort of big fish coming, isn't he a big fish? And that that takes it back to the days when Silva and Wessling were going after. Yeah, let's Feather get into in the that. Roto-world Why did you coalmine? just fabricate this? I did get into any to a big fish.
0: <laughs> Total straw man argument. Let's start, Evan, with uh, Roto World before we get into any – and we're going to talk about um, Evan's The Shy Away Top 40 that he puts out every, every summer, which uh, guys that he thinks we should stay away from. And then we're going to have a talk about fantasy philosophies. And that philosophies is with an F, by the way. Hmm. I just want – that's branded. So anybody out there who thinks that they can come in and put an F instead of a P, I already did it. I got Wait, trademarks on it.
3: F on the first PH or the second?
0: No. no. Uh, ooh, that's even better. I got fantasy with a P and then, you know, <laughs> an F. the F. Anyway. Part. All right. Here we go. Evan, yep. what was it like working with Greg, first of all, as a boss at Roto World?
8: Well, you know, I only met Greg like twice in real life. Feels um, so kind of Greggish. All of our interactions were over AOL Instant Messenger for many, many years, and that's the same with Wes, who I've never even met in in real life once. Really, um, I actually, I still think that Chris Wessling is a, um, a a hippie uh, <laughs> who, who lives on on Tybee Island. He, he denies it, but I. I stand by that evaluation of Chris Westland.
0: <laughs> was that based on uh, just knowing that's where he was stationed or in your IM conversations during your time working together?
8: Well, I, I thought that he was – I mean, he he is a like a kind of free-spirited mind. That's yeah. true. And do, do you agree with that at all? Absolutely. Wes?
7: Yeah, yeah.
8: And he lived on Tybee Island.
7: I think I'm an so. independent thinker, but I th- I
6: would ask the three of you in this room. Well, he you did. i a hippie. He would work from, like, beachside bars, essentially. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, wouldn't you? You're yeah. kind of like an evolutionary
0: yeah. hippie. <laughs>
6: what? <laughs>
0: on some level. <laughs>
6: So anyway, so it so- was nice not to r- r- mention that I was a jerk to him as a boss. I mean, oh, let's talk about compared that compared to <laughs> compared to how you guys were treated. I was I was a total not creepier. an easy
0: guy to work with. I've I've, r- I've experienced r- r- the same thing.
6: No, it was worse for him.
8: Rosenthal was hard on me, dude. I mean, no, no question, but I, I deserved it. And he showed me how to write roto world blurbs,
6: hmm. you know,
8: and that's that's still the, the nuts well, I'll never forget the time that Rosenthal told me that that's what this website is all about, and that you know I still think about that every time, and I see you know Nick Menzio or whomever else you know not do a good blurb or miss something, <laughs> you know that that <laughs> always reverberates Nick. through my Silver's mind. Silva's now,
6: yeah, Silva's now laying down yeah. the gauntlet.
0: There you go. So you handed down the blowtorch. <laughs> um, <laughs> And before we get into fantasy talk, I just want to also, we should, it is the 800-pound gorilla in the room that Greg and Wes to a lesser extent for years have spoken about how they have built Roda world <laughs> with their bare hands, both from an HTML standpoint, how the site looks, but also physically, which Greg holds up his hands and shows the calloused hands of a worker bee. Uh, do you take offense to that now I've that you are the thing. most visible presence on Roto-World?
8: I do not take offense to that. I, I think it's <laughs> hilarious. I think that it's true, you know, to, to a large extent. I mean, Rosenthal set the foundation, you know, and then Westling and I and Adam Levitan came in and we, along with Rosenthal made it great. So I think that that's, it's, you know, it, it's not, I mean, he, he doesn't have calluses on his hands, from it, but he, yeah. he definitely he definitely was the builder, and you know that that's that's evident. I, I think that he to some extent has helped build build up. You know what, what's going on, what the great things that you have you guys have going on
0: as well. No doubt, you should know, Greg. Th- despite me, you know, busting some chops there, that was all that was all kind of part of a bigger setup to get you some love there.
6: I, I you know I appreciate it. The Roto World the Roto World crew were tight. You're not going to pull us apart. Can I, I gotta, can I give it. Evan some love here?
0: Yeah, let's hear
7: it. I, you, we were talking about this in the huddle, our commissary yesterday. Out of everyone in the football writing business, nobody covers as many angles of the sport. And I don't like to use the word expert, but in a very expertise way, as Evan, who not only does fantasy and film breakdowns, loves college football, is in on the prospects. He's in on contract talk, off-season talk. He covers every angle of the sport more than anyone in the business.
0: I asked Wes, I said, you know, what? does evan do besides football because it is a huge advantage an asset i would think in the fantasy realm to be so plugged in and knowledgeable of the college game as well and if he's doing that and he's doing the pro game what is evan doing with his life like evan what's the last show that you binge watched man i haven't turned on my tv in like weeks <laughs> <laughs> that see that life it kind, of, kind of checks out what's the last concert you went to
8: uh, Garth Brooks. I, I went to, um, a, a Kanye Jay-Z concert Ooh. in like 2012. Okay. Uh, but over the past decade, you know, that's probably the only one that I've gone to. Oh
6: man. I mean, that's, you go. that's what it takes. I mean, that's, he, he knows more than anyone out there. He's the fantasy, the fantasy God right now.
0: All right. So trying to dig in I would like, and maybe as the, Uh, this goes on this segment get to know a little bit more about evan silva who's a mysterious figure the only thing i know about evan besides his amazing knowledge is that one black and white photo he's not quite looking at the camera but no one knows what he's looking at it almost looks like a mask card because it's all black in the background it's interesting
6: you need a new photo evan that was from seven or eight years ago at least his looks like him
0: Um, all right, so let's get into it now. Let's talk a little football, and yes, let's start with uh, a column that Evan published, I believe, uh, yesterday, Thursday, uh, the Away Top 40, and this is, if you want to just, uh, Evan, if you could just give us a little bit of an uh, explanation of what the Away Top 40 means. Does that mean don't touch these guys, or under the right circumstances, go get them?
8: Yeah, so it's a compilation of, players who I think are either overpriced at their average draft position, uh, who I think that you should scratch off your cheat sheet altogether like a Jimmy Graham, um, or players that you should just let other people in your fantasy draft select and move forward and try to make better picks.
0: Mm. Number one on that list. Wow. Number one, Carlos Hyde. Why is Carlos Hyde the number one guy to shy away from?
8: So I think a lot of people like him as a runner, and I I understand why. Um, And I think that people see him rip off an explosive run, which he's done a few times. He certainly did in week one against Minnesota last year. And they get really excited about that. And they're like, I want to get that guy on my fantasy team. Um, But if you really zoom out and look at the situation that he's in, it's not a good one. Uh, the, the 49ers have the second worst Vegas win total in the NFL. They're projected to win five and a half games by Vegas.
6: Well, what uh, is that? Roto- First of all, there's no Vegas at the NFL. Second, what does that have to do with fantasy football? What's Vegas? We don't we don't want running backs on bad teams. We don't want running us. backs that are going to be
8: in, in in comeback mode in the game. We don't want. Uh, offensive lines that are being put together like patchwork, leaning on a rookie rookie guard, leaning on a guy who's coming out of retirement, leaning on a center who's been in the NFL, uh, Daniel Kilgore for six years and has ten NFL starts. Mm. We don't ha- we don't want a-, a running back whose defense is going to get in the way of him scoring fantasy points, uh, especially with a-, a guy like Carlos Hyde's track record where. He's been in the NFL for two seasons. He's played 23 games. He has 21 receptions. Uh, He's not catching passes. Historically, he may get more targets this year. Um, Theoretically, he's also been a guy who's been injured consistently. You call the hamstring running, running the 40 at the Combine. Uh, uh, his, uh, His season ended on injured reserve as a rookie despite handling only 83 carries. Uh, missed OTAs last year with a calf strain. Uh, in, in, in week seven, he was shut down for the season last year with a stress fracture in his foot.
7: Evan, so, I feel like his look, injury he, he history...
8: You can, can get excited by the explosive runs every now and again, but this guy is not a good fantasy pick.
7: I feel like his injury history is the best reason to stay away from him. If you If you took this philosophy where you stay away from... Shaky offensive lines, bad quarterbacks, and and questionable offenses—you'd have missed out on Adrian Peterson's two thousand-yard season. I mean, there's a lot of running backs who do well on bad teams.
6: I I find it interesting, and people don't know this about Evan Silva: Adrian Peterson, and take him. But I don't. Well, nobody thought Adrian Peterson was Adrian Peterson coming off an ACL injury. People don't know this about Evan. He is a big guy. I didn't know this until I met him, and it, it made me rethink our whole interactions over the years. Maybe I wouldn't have been so tough on him if I knew that he is a massive human being. And I think that it shows up. Like nine feet tall. He's like what? What are you, Six 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 seven, 6'7"? And well, I don't know, Wide? You know, wide. big, strong, strong guy. I'm just saying, what, that, been, what does wide mean? I just mean, built <laughs> like an athlete, built like a big guy. My point is, wide. he would not be calling Carlos Hyde a <laughs> walking hospital and calling him El Guapo unless Silva had some confidence that he could take care of Carlos Hyde if he ever came at him. We would be arguing about Carlos Hyde. By the way, we would go back and forth on IM for hours and hours just arguing over players. And Wait, he's someone I would have, I I, would have I, gone I, after. Sounds sexy. I mean, <laughs> go ahead.
3: honestly. Can we talk have, about somebody else, by yeah, the way? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to, I'm assuming you have Todd Gurley at number three, that a lot of the same kind of stuff you put out there for Hyde would apply to Gurley's situation, quarterback issues, team maybe on offense not too powerful?
8: Precisely. And his average draft position where – People see the, you know, the exciting run every now and again, and they want to take him in the, in the top five fantasy picks. And he doesn't belong in the top five fantasy picks. Uh,
0: by the way, I just want to, and we should just bounce around on this list, hit a couple more names before we move on. But I do want to, just because I, I heard the voice, but I, I wasn't sure if it was actually him. Can we check in? And if you don't mind, uh, Silva, if we could check in on the uh, Mark Sessler fantasy corner real quick. <laughs> Is that cool with you, oh, I, I, I heard
8: that. I okay. heard that, yeah. All right, we're going to
0: check in. Mark, you there? Oh, no. Mark, you there?
3: Yeah, it's bad here. I apologize.
0: Terrible sound quality. <laughs> oh, it's got, it's got I- increasingly um, There's horrific. There's a bad feel here. I got to go. Okay, we'll check back in later on the fantasy corner. But it's not good. Anyway, let's move on and talk about um, – well, we talked about Roethlisberger on Wednesday. You're in lockstep uh, with some of the guys on that. How about another name that jumps out? Greg, James White, another guy. We think Deion Lewis is out. James White jumps in. You have him at number 13, Evan.
8: Yeah, so a lot of fantasy analysts point to his production in the second half of last season, uh, but I think that they fail to recognize that a lot of that production – came as a result of the Patriots simply not having other options. Mm. Uh, Julian Edelman was out for the year. LeGarrette Blunt was out for the year. Rob Gronkowski and Daniel Amendola both missed time during that stretch. Uh, Tom Brady was the quarterback. Now we got Jimmy Garoppolo. All those guys are back. The Patriots added Martellus Bennett. Um, you know, this kid Tyler Gaffney has looked pretty good in the preseason. So I, I think that, well, when you, when you start to see where G- – when you start to look where James White has started to go in drafts, I mean, you'll see him go eighth, ninth round. Really? Me, oh, that's he, insane. He is specific to a points per reception league, number one. And number two, I think that even uh, in a points per reception league, he there's a good chance that he'll disappoint. And you're certainly not going to get a full season out of, of production out of him because Deion Lewis is going to be back eventually.
6: That's insane that he's going that high. I see a, another guy right after him that's, sort of getting taken around the same spot that I would love to have, which is Duke Johnson, which is uh, Mark's making the leap guy. Don't And I know you said it, it, it's not looking great for Duke Johnson in the preseason that Isaiah Crowell is certainly there as the starter and probably an early mm-hmm. downback. But – Silva, don't you, if, if we're going to talk a little philosophy, dude, don't you just want to bet on who's a better player? Isn't Duke Johnson just a better player, a good NFL player, and over time that's is going he? to pay off? I think he is. I think he's a really good I, NFL player, or he's going I think, to
8: be. I think he is good. I, I do. I, I like him coming out of college, too. Um, but he is in a situation where right now he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns on a bad team where he's the number two back. And. Uh, I think his his passing game outlook, his target and receptions projection are down. I mean, when I when I, I liked uh, Duke Johnson in the spring, I really liked his outlook, uh, but that was when I thought that Josh McCown had a shot to be the Browns starting quarterback. Now they get RG three in there. If you go look at the history of dual threat quarterbacks, uh, their running backs end up not catching a lot of passes because instead of checking it down, uh, these dual threat quarterbacks will take off i mean cam newton last year with Jonathan stewart johnson stewart had 16 catches uh frank gore you remember he was one of the best receiving backs in the league colin kaepernick becomes the 49ers starting quarterback and uh frank gore became a, like a one-dimensional grinder essentially uh russell wilson's running backs have never caught a lot of passes um So you know, if you just go back and look historically, I think that the way that this Browns offense is shaping up, especially with all the targets, big-time weapons that they have in the passing game, Gary Barnage, uh, Corey Coleman, Terrell Pryor, Josh Gordon will be back in week five. I think things are just not shaping up that well for Duke Johnson.
7: Evan, one name that surprised me on this list, Amari Cooper, and you make a good point that he wins on the ground more than the air, which means he's not. Necessarily a presence in the red zone. I just I feel like maybe you didn't acknowledge that he played through an injury for you know most of the second half of the season. And at mid season, he was a wide receiver one on pace for over thirteen hundred yards. Don't you think that his disappointment down the stretch was I would attribute almost solely to injury?
8: Well, I didn't write anything about his disappointment down the stretch. I mean, so I'm not going to hold that against them. Also, also during that stretch where he quote-unquote disappointed, he had his best game of the year against the Packers. Um, so how much was the foot really affecting him? I, mean, I think that it was affecting him, and I think he had a solid rookie season, and I own him in a dynasty league, and I think that he's going to be great eventually. But I think that where he goes in draft, you know, you'll know, you see him sometimes go ahead of Alshon Jeffrey. You will see him sometimes go ahead of Brandon Cooks and T.Y. Hilton. And I don't think that the targets Seems are going to gonna be-, be there for Amari Cooper. Michael Crabtree out-targeted him. That won't happen again. And I think that this offense is going to run the football more than they did in 2015.
6: I think Cooper is a better fantasy player maybe even than he is a real player right now because he makes mistakes. He'll drop passes. He'll make some mental errors. But I don't see why he's not going to beat the numbers of all those guys except T.Y. Hilton, who I love.
0: All right. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, so check out the Shy Away Top 40 over at rotoworld.com. Evan Silva writes a ton of good stuff there. Let's talk about some philosophies now. And uh, But before we get into that, Evan Silva, as I continue in my attempt to learn more about you, not just the fantasy man, <laughs> but the person behind the fantasy, got to get out of the house and do something physical, get some fresh air. What is the thing that you choose to do? I'm going to guess, in an upset, rollerblading.
8: Wow. i I mean I, I go to the gym and I hang out with my daughter. That's, that's pretty much it.
0: Those seem both healthy and sweet
3: Yeah I mean yeah. I want to question because you've you know maybe you're not physically around Greg and West, but you've known them during their formidable years when they were growing up yep. much earlier than Dan and I got to know these two guys. you know which of the two is more physically attracted to you if you were <laughs> to want to go on a date with either one of them? The overall package. Who who rules, Greg or uh, Wes? This is what
0: I was trying to get to, but thank you, Mark, for doing it.
3: I, I,
0: can we do another question? <laughs> all right, we tie. we found the limit to Silva. Good all answer. right, now it is time to talk philosophies. And uh, Wes, uh, you're a philosophical man, a hippie, even some say. Uh, <laughs> so we, it makes sense to start with you. Uh, what this is more about? All right, you're going into your draft, my draft. Uh, is this Sunday, for example. So I want to go into it with a, with a, with a clean head. Um, what is my philosophy? How do you go into a draft? This seems almost too basic
7: to state, but 95% of people playing fantasy miss this. The entire goal of the sport is to get a weekly advantage at that position every single week, which means don't draft guys with low ceilings, don't draft safe players, don't draft wide receiver threes, don't draft flex running backs, Draft guys who have a chance at their ceiling to be a weekly difference maker and give you an advantage over your competition.
6: That's the whole purpose of fantasy sports. Take upside. Don't take. Don't take uh, the James Joneses of the world when he was. Uh, don't a take James, James Jones. White. Don't take a James White. Don't don't take a guy that's just gonna. Well, I I think. I, I think he can get me at least 900 yards if I'm in a pinch. Never okay. draft a
7: wide receiver three. Swing. swing Don't take Kenny runs. Britt. Never draft a wide receiver three. Draft risk-reward guys who have a chance to be wide receiver ones. Use the waiver wire to pick up a wide receiver three during the season. Evan, how about a
0: philosophy from you?
8: I mean, I completely agree with Um But we can just talk about the quarterback position, and I understand that West's take is that you know, we should pursue difference makers. And I totally agree. And Cam Newton was a difference maker at quarterback last year, a guy that you could get in the eighth or ninth round. People were all concerned about uh, his prior year injuries, and he was a great value pick in drafts. Uh, but if you're not – I mean, there, there really are no quarterback difference makers um, beyond that, especially last hmm. season. I mean, the number two overall fantasy quarterback was Blake Bortles. He scored 22 points per game. And Matthew Stafford, the number 16 finisher, he scored 20 points per game. So it's just not – I would say wait on quarterback is a good way to go unless you really have a high level of confidence that your quarterback is going to be a weekly difference maker.
6: Yeah, and you can find them later. Take guys – to that point, take quarterbacks coming off of – not their best season. I mean, that goes for everyone. It se- it should seem obvious. Yep. I mean, that was that was one thing that I probably did more than anything is I just looked for guys who weren't that old, that that were coming off of bad seasons that have shown that they're good players. You already know they're a good player. They're coming off a bad season, so they're going to be cheap in drafts. You take Cam Newton in the year that he's an eighth round pick, not a third round pick. Well, the
7: corollary to that is don't overpay it's for last year's
6: stats. Right.
0: Greg, give me a philosophy, baby.
6: Well, that that was a philosophy. That was a
0: great one. I didn't know if he had another one in the tank or that was it.
6: Uh, I have plenty. I have plenty in the tank. Well, <laughs> I, I actually wanted to hear what Silva thought about this too, and wrestling That there's more and more talk of, of you know, the no running back draft or staying away from running backs. And uh-huh. I don't think this is a particularly new notion. I've I've always kind of leaned that way that you take wide, you take you load up on wide receivers early, and you hope for the best taking a lot of running backs late. I, I usually – you take one running back maybe in the first four or five rounds, and that, that's about it for me.
7: I have right strong now. feelings on this. This is not – I mean, this particular philosophy might be new, but you've always had – Sure. You used to have in the early 2000s stock up on two running backs, and then there was the no quarterback theory. Now it's right. the all wide receiver theory. Here's how you draft fantasy football. Don't have a theory. Draft the best player in every round. Yeah. Try to get the strongest starting lineup possible. But, no, you don't need all these th- theories. Just draft the best player. Well, that was, that doesn't was, that
0: fly in the face, though, with uh, Silva's theory just now about the quarterback?
7: Well, I think in Sil- I think he we agree that quarterback in round four, drafting Aaron Rodgers might not be the best, best player on the board. Draft the best player on the board and say wait until round seven or eight and you can get Bortles or Palmer Right. There if maybe.
6: Russell Wilson falls, Russell Wilson could be explosive uh, this season. You know, you take him. That was, I think, one of the worst questions I would get a lot is, like, well, once you take two running backs, should you go to a wider – don't plan out your draft ahead of time. Don't You don't need to have some sort of plan or some sort of strategy. Just take the players.
0: Um, all right. Here we go, Um before we let you go. A couple things. As a father of a daughter, I want you to know uh, Greg brought his daughter to the office today. She's behind the glass during this podcast. Not supervised, really. As a dad, does that make you uncomfortable to know that some people <laughs> – behave that way.
8: No, I think that Greg is responsible and knows what he's doing. Zeuser, so, and I that, that that was a weird question.
0: Yeah.
7: <laughs> <laughs> a leading question by the old sister, no doubt. Can, can I close with one other philosophy? Sure, go ahead. This is an admonition to all fantasy Never ask another grown man how to run your hobby would be another philosophical. People like Evan Silva generate tons of high-octane, quality, free content that you can use to reach your own conclusions about a hobby that you signed up for. Do not pester Evan Silva. <laughs> Do not pester Chris Wesley or Greg Rosenthal about how to set your lineup or make a trade. Be a
6: man. Make your own Whoa. trade. Or woman. Or Use woman. this free information that people like Evan Silva put out there. Or just read the rankings. I never really understood the who should I start when, when you're publishing rankings every week. Click the link.
0: Evan's like, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> how many how many okay. ads do you get every day, people asking you what to do with their lineup or draft? Thousands? I mean,
8: a lot. And, I you know, I'm, I'm trying to write an article. I'm trying to take care of my kid. And I can't get to all of my – I try to get to as many as I can. I would you just know, start snapping I at get people.
6: It, all of them. it drove me out of the fantasy industry. I, I used to think that the main purpose, like we wanted to provide information and news, number one. But the, the the fantasy part of it, the main purpose of the fantasy industry is just to give someone to blame for everyone. Oh, no, but, Greg, you love – Just to yell at them. You know, just like, okay, we're just you – know, we're the people you can just blame for your stupid – But you
3: decisions. enjoy that one-on-one – meeting with fantasy fans. You like that interaction, <laughs> so I'm surprised to hear your take on this.
0: All right, Evan, before we let you go, do you mind sitting in if we throw it over to the corner one last time?
8: Oh, to, to uh, <laughs> Quiet Storm's
0: corner?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, to the, yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. Let's throw it Sounds on one excited. more time. It's now time. <laughs> Mark is ready with all the scientists here, with Evan Silva here, and now it is your time to dispel some – Fantasy philosophy in a big spot. Let's go over to the street corner.
3: All right. Well, these guys have given you some very direct uh, advice. Mine is a little bit different. This is my philosophy on fantasy football, which I pulled from a 1982 essay by Stephen Snyder called The Family Life and Leisure Culture and Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Hmm. Okay. Uh, in which he writes, although the average American may think of his country as the land of the free and home of endless opportunity, Students of American culture have suggested the presence in our psyche of dangerously contradictory elements. One of the more illuminating commentaries is D.H. Lawrence's Studies in Classic American Literature, which suggests that the pioneers of America (laughs) came here not to find freedom, but to escape fighting it. Mark. No. Yes.
0: What the hell are you talking about?
3: I need (laughs) go go Going a little bit longer. He's on a roll. No sooner do they arrive than they entrench themselves in isolation. We are fort builders who d- whose desire is to imperialize the land but have little truck with it. We idealize work into an ethic precisely because we dislike it. Freedom from work and ultimately from all demanding activity Mark, is our real goal.
0: Does this have anything to do with fantasy football?
3: Well, I'll publish the rest of this and you can decide. It, it goes on for another seven or eight pages. Oh, so
6: Never mind. Mark. My daughter is crying right now. (laughs) What have you done to her? Well,
3: the truth hurts.
0: Well There you go. I don't know if there's someone that could take something from that into their draft. And I will thank thank you for the fantasy corner. One last time. Well
3: you sound like you appreciated it. (laughs) By the way, it's another year before I have to deal with this, so
6: I will I will dispel one bit. After that there might not be any more fantasy
0: corner. (laughs) <laughs> they might bulldoze the corner after that. My one bit of advice is not te- it is not technical at all. Uh, same advice I gave last year. Don't be the guy that gets drunk at your fantasy draft. You can drink after the fantasy draft. You can have a couple beers. Don't have 17 beers before the draft starts. That's when you get banged. Evan Silva, you are a mensch. You're, you're a fantasy stud, uh, a, ni- a nice man, very strong <laughs> and tall apparently. I didn't know that. And uh, we loved having you on the show today.
8: Thanks so much, guys. Um, one last bit.
0: Yes. Um,
8: don't make
0: your fantasy pick
8: against all odds, thinking that you're getting the next Adrian Peterson. Take it easy,
0: guys. There he goes. Mm. All I, right. I all promised you. the big fish. You got him. Delivered a big fish. My back's my back hurts more than Tony Romo's from reeling that sucker in.
7: You're like Hemingway over here. <laughs>
0: uh all right, and that wraps up the third annual Fantasy Spectacular Slash Extravaganza. Uh thank you to everyone uh for listening and uh you know being a part of it uh, on the subreddit. We wish we could have gotten to more mailbag questions, but uh it's a full show. We try to do the best we can. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh we will be back next week. Uh we have to wrap up the division previews. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but then we're getting very yeah, they close. They do a
6: great, great job selling this.
0: What? Why? The was...
6: division previews.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got three more divisions in the AFC, and then uh, we get ever closer to both real football. And also, don't forget—I don't know if we'll do it next week or the week after—we're going to do our prop bets. Go get my lunch, you evil turd. So we're excited about that. Till then, do we want to get your daughter in here to say hello?
6: You she want to come in? I don't know. I mean, I, she, We can look at the picture. I don't know how five-year-olds Strava. operate? So
0: we
3: should ask her something. Five-year-olds questions. operate in a terrain of total chaos, in my experience. <laughs> they just do as they wish.
0: You have a five-year-old and a th- uh, three-year-old? Is Five that? and four. Five and four. Ooh, Irish twos.
3: They're like the British Bulldogs as children, basically. <laughs>
6: <laughs> don't get me started on British Bulldogs.
0: <laughs> yeah, Greg's back.
6: Well, we gave her a movie. Okay, last that's Fifteen fine. minutes, if so she doesn't want to okay, part it. she did me. make this lovely picture of us, though.
0: Oh, that's. <laughs> we'll take a picture of that and put it up on the around the NFL site.
6: <laughs> Not her best work, but it
7: looks like the manton family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You guys, that's two criticisms. I'm joking. I'm joking. I would it's
1: never say that Beautiful as long as that's
7: me. Just, we'll show Are
0: you. Are we me. all in wheelchairs? I guess this
7: is me. I don't have much
0: hair.
1: No, I think you're behind the desk. Oh. There's like an NFL shield on each of them.
7: Very nice draft.
0: Ellis, that is beautiful. Great work. Great artwork. She's watching the movie, enjoying herself, and that's good. All right, we'll be back next week with three more shows. Thank you to everyone. Welcome back, La Cid. Uh, It is great to have you back on board. This is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, Yes, Lasid's back behind the glass. And (laughs) Ellis, till Monday.
5: We're back on the Marital Blitz pod. They brought us back. I, I can't believe it. We, I mean, I'm still employed. So that's
4: good. I don't know though if they brought us back, Colleen. It's Colleen and John again for the second week in a row. I don't know if they brought us back so much as you already work here. And then I've been pulling basically uh, reverse Milton from office space where I'm just hanging out until they give me a job instead of take one away. So so far, so far,
5: so good.
4: Everybody, by the way, has been really nice about that whole, like, I don't have a job thing. Like, I w- was walking across campus. And You're
5: practically of, the mayor <laughs> here. We
4: ran into Sheck, and Sheck was nice, and then we saw Marcus and Hansus this morning, and they were nice. Yeah. Aaron Coscarelli.
5: I'm paying them, like, a pretty good rate to be nice to you. Keep but doing it. Yeah. Doing it. Not going to be able wonderful. to afford it soon. So, this is the Marital Blitz podcast, and it's uh, mostly, it's pigs Skin and pop culture as john has coined multiple times this is not going to be your x's and o's your footbally football podcast that's why like i said last week you have the atn guys so we're just a compliment to them
4: yeah and by the way we should thank the ATN guys again they let us do our first ever micropod last week on the back end of their podcast this is our second ever we literally could not do it without them or TD or Sydney and Brandon mm-hmm. uh, Mark Sp- Brady been,
5: a lot of people Mark, we've got, thank and we you, got a lot of Ann
4: and Wolf who is an internet superstar
3: so
5: everybody who tweeted us thank you so much your tweets were so so funny my mom still has no idea she was on the podcast and let's keep it that way or she may never talk to me again Luckily so she's not on Twitter I know she's not definitely not my dad though he is on Snapchat. You guys should check him out. Maybe I'll find out his name and give that to you by the end of the pod. But we have some awesome stuff coming up on this podcast, including Brian Westbrook.
4: Yeah, he's going to join us. We saw a tweet earlier in the week that was like sort of weird interaction between teammates or new teammates, Mm -hmm. which got us thinking. I mean, you and I have spent time in locker rooms before. That's where we met. Yes. Super romantic place. Bunch of naked dudes. She picked me out. Uh, not sure what.
5: I will take the guy who has clothes
4: Right, on. right. So it's That's always weird how a weird it went. interaction. But so we want to talk to Brian because Brian and I used to work together. We're going to ask him about weird interactions and media in the locker room and all that kind of fun stuff.
5: Yes. So, but first, does Brian – this um, I thought was pretty funny because, you know, me, a big gamer out there in the gaming community. Um, yeah, this week on Tuesday, EA Sports released their newest version of Madden. And Des Brian, he thinks his rating sucks. He hates it. He got a 90. I have no idea what that means. I have never played Madden in my life. I kind of wish I did, but I mean, I tried to get into video games a little bit with you at one point. I can't remember what that game was. We
4: played Call of Duty one time. <laughs> uh, and what happened was, so my friends and I had been playing, and Colleen was like, well, maybe I'll play. And I was like, all right. So it's like the two of us, and like we're, you go on missions, and you shoot stuff. Like That's the whole point of Call of Duty. Colleen spent uh, the two minutes that she played <laughs> – shooting at the ceiling and screaming. screaming. And I was like, well, this isn't fun for anybody, including the ceiling. And that was the, the sum total of her Call of Duty experience.
5: Sydney is behind the glass right now. Sydney, have you ever played a video game? I have played a video game. I've never played <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I was really good at Duck Hunt. Back in the day. Back
4: in the day. Mario uh,
5: Brothers. I was all about the sports video games. So what I was like your game? Ooh. I like Madden
2: and I like, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember what You're called. You're too young, so the you MLB didn't play ones.
4: Super Tech, right? Like that's not, No. Super Techmo is like way past. Super Tech Mo is the best video game of all time, hands down. Uh, I will die on that hill and fight anybody who says otherwise. Also, our fantasy football it's the league name is named Super Tech Mobile. should tell you how much I love it, but Madden is a step. Or 10 steps beyond that. I mean, like, it's.
3: it's
5: I think close I would to... be pretty good at that. I think I feel like it's a lot different than Call of Duty, and I can draw from my vast video game knowledge. So,
4: what you're saying is, you have then authorized me to go buy a PS4 and Matt. Sure. All right. Fantastic. So yeah. you guys heard that. You
5: can buy it with your next paycheck. But All right. So you right, get so.
4: ratings, though, Colleen. So everybody – so on – on. wait a minute. I just – <laughs> that dig went right past – like I was like, oh, we should do the show, and I'll like pay attention to that. But uh, apparently she's mm-hmm. needling me about being unemployed, self-employed, as I like to say. Uh, but you get a rating for the players up to 100, and he got a rating of 90, which is pretty good, but not like no. super, super So
5: strong. here was his quote, and I'm sorry – Sydney but there is something you're going to have to edit out. So he said I play Madden. I Omaha! love Madden. They would do me like that? Oh my god, that is an insult. Like why would you do that to me? How much I love y'all? Like what? Not John Madden because I love him. It's the video game developers.
4: Yeah, he was he was uh wink wink heated about it. But so here are the guys that were rated ahead of him.
5: Also, by the way, EA sent out a video of Dez kicking and said, like, it's actually dragging down his overall rating. Which
4: I loved. That was such a (laughs) bastard response. I don't know if we can say that word, but I I love it. it. (laughs) Um, So the guys that they had rated ahead of him, were And this goes like, this is sort of like video game nerdy, but also football because I was trying to figure out if this was properly ranked. Antonio Brown, yes. Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitz, and Alshon Jeffrey. I'm cool huh. with the first one, two, three, four, five. Larry Fitz and Alshon is where I take my leave. Larry Fitz kind of so, old now yeah he's almost my age which is pretty old and then ashan's always hurt so i think i'd and i know that Dez is coming off the foot injury now Yeah,
5: also has a contract year coming up so i feel like he's gonna have a big but year i have like, no idea how that works like forever like
4: for the not available or he might be available or he could be available and i realize again that Dez has those issues. i'd still take des like if they were both healthy
5: Well, here's my thing, because Dez, he had the injuries last year um, and some poor quarterback play because of the Cowboys. But DeAndre Hopkins, he played with four different quarterbacks and not great quarterbacks, and he was amazing. So he can do it without a good quarterback, but Dez didn't. Uh, So uh, I might put Dez, I, I would put DeAndre Hopkins above Dez.
4: Yeah, and I'm okay with that. That's the line of demarcation for me. I like I go. If you want to, I'm not going to fight you over DeAndre Hopkins. Like I'll fight you over a lot of stuff, uh, up to and including how many fans we're allowed to put on in our
5: house. You're like the fan man. Every it's... time I come home, I can't even hear myself talk or anything else, and you have the TV on so loud that I can well, hear it outside the, the door TV because, because the there are, are 10,000 so fans on. So maybe we should just get an air conditioning. Listen, but our, okay. neighbor,
4: our neighbor Bruce understands why <laughs> I uh, have to crank up the it's – a, it's a bad
5: – It's Bruce a Bruce already 20 called show. the cops on us. We only lived in the apartment for like three days, and the cops left a citation on our door.
4: Welcome to Santa for Monica. A no-
5: for but a noise violation. You've
4: got to crank up the fans in order to hear the television, and it's just all downhill from there. But um, I, I'm, I'm Ron Medez. I'm Ron Medez. He needs a higher rating.
5: You put, it, you put Odell Beckham at four. You're cool with that? I'm
4: cool. Uh, well, I think that these are just like the guys in no particular order that they had ahead of them. I, I thought you said
5: yesterday teams. that you weren't on board with A.J. Green. Uh, A.J. Fantasy Green wise. is
4: close. Like, I would definitely put Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and DeAndre. If we're talking fantasy, those are the guys I'd take. Mm-hmm. If we're talking Madden, I'd rather play those guys. Uh, A.J. Green and Dez are like one, two. I'm still a Dez guy. Dez is well, a monster when he's healthy. Yeah,
5: but also A.J. Green, half of his receiving core left. So it's just really him. He's going to be getting so many targets. They got the So how can now, you say Boyd? that?
4: He's going to be a monster.
5: Who? Tyler Boyd? Yeah. I mean... He's going to be fine.
4: Did you not listen to the ATN uh, fantasy extravaganza?
5: I did listen.
4: Uh, And they were talking about, uh, hey, this kid could be maybe a little something. I'm going undrafted right now.
5: I I like that you're on board. You're putting all of your stock in Tyler Boyd's basket.
4: I'm uh, going to reach for him for sure. I'm going to overdraft him.
5: So, like we were saying at the top of the show, we saw this tweet earlier this week. It was from Pat McAfee. Mm And he was t- retweeting Antonio Cromartie, who is, yes, still playing. John asked me earlier today, Antonio Cromartie is still I, I thought he bounced
4: out of the league like, tw- like 12 different times. Uh, but that's fine. He's Go- back. Good for Cromartie. I like it.
5: So Pat McAfee, uh, Colts punter, he retweeted Cromartie and said, hey, man, welcome. You remember kneeing me in the face a couple of times on that return years ago? By the way, I'm over it. Which
4: I loved I thought it was sort of um, Like a needly Welcome to the fold Type of tweet If you're a punter though Like in general You probably don't want to do that But I liked it But it got us talking about Again like the different Locker room interactions We've had And we've seen teammates Have awkward interactions
5: So many And we've seen a lot of Awkward interactions Between the media And players as well
4: We've been par- party to that. Physical
5: altercations Actually yeah. Oh yeah
4: absolutely <laughs> I mean the locker rooms Are weird weird places gang
5: Especially in Philadelphia
4: Yeah absolutely Well Philadelphia in general, I think, like, uh, supports and promotes that weirdness because you get this weird cast of characters that go in there and they're sort of awkward and aggressive about it. Uh, But we thought, you know, who could we talk to about these weird, awkward interactions, not just with teammates, but also with the media. And that led to Brian Westbrook, who has not only been a really, really talented player in the NFL, but is a guy that I worked with.
5: Yes, also made the transition from player to now media star.
4: Star. Superstar. Yeah. Like way bigger than us. I can't believe he's coming on marital. I'm not even sure he knows what this is. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to call you. Yeah. What did you give him to come on
5: here? Did you like gift him something?
4: I think he thinks that we're just calling to say hi. (laughs) (laughs) He has no idea there's a podcast. This is
5: going to be a running thing. Nobody that comes on the show actually knows they're on this show. Uh, All right. So cool. Let's get him on the phone.
7: Yeah.
4: Hello. B West. Yo, what's up, buddy? It's Gonzo. How are you, buddy? Oh, man. I can't complain at all. Um, So I'm here with Colleen.
5: What's up, Brian? How are you?
4: Hey, Colleen. How are you doing?
5: I'm good. I'm good.
4: So believe it or not, we're doing, uh, and most of the people who are actually here can't believe it, but we're doing a podcast called Marital Blitz, and (laughs) we thought... Right, exactly. You know my weirdo sense of humor. So uh, we thought that we'd call you because we saw this... This um, tweet from Pat McAfee To Antonio Cromartie Where he's sort of like Busting Antonio Cromartie's chops About like coming into the fold Because they had like a weird thing Back in the day So we were Mm -hmm. wondering uh, From you Like When you're in the locker room Like What kind of weird Strange Interactions have you had With other teammates Or have you witnessed Because you were there During the T.O. McNabb era Um, That was like A really interesting time But also sort of like A divisive time Do you remember any good stories you can spin for us oh like,
9: man that's a that's a good question i mean i think the, i don't know what the most interesting but the most uh active story was when t.o and hugh douglas got into a fight
5: <laughs> i love this one. Um, this story's
4: awesome
9: i mean it, it was it was um it was one of those things where hugh was on the radio at the time so he wasn't even playing for the team but he was the ambassador for the team. And he was. And I was in the training room just hanging out, chilling, and Hugh at the time was on the radio, and he had said some things about T.O. just basically that he was kind of soft and things like that, negative things. And so Hugh just happened to come into the training room that day, and, and I have to believe that he knew T.O. would be at least in the locker room or around the training room. So I have to believe that he knew at some point it would be it would, it would come to blows or at least they would have some words. And so um, I'm in the training room and right directly behind me is is the glass wall, but there is the, on the other side of the glass wall, it's the um, pool where Tio was in there training. And so he was working out because I think he had an ankle injury at the time. Perfect. And and, um, he sees Hugh. And so now me and Hugh are talking and so he sees Hugh and he said, hold on for one minute. And so they're kind of like jawing at each other through the glass. He's the one to really hear. And so Tio says, hold on for one minute. He raises the floor from the bottom of the pool up. So now that he initially it was in six feet of water, now he's raising, raising himself up. So just imagine <laughs> him raising himself out of the water like he was a god or something like that. And um, And he comes out of that room, and Hugh takes a swing. T.O. Ducks and, you know, a couple of punches were exchanged, and at that point, they they kind of started wrestling, but we, we saw how strong T.O. was. He was able to pick Hugh Douglas, who's a big man, up off the floor and, um, you know, w- w- between them wrestling. It was a pretty interesting scene, and then, you know, it took five or six guys to get T.O. off and five or six guys to get Hugh off, and so now, you know, in, in the season where we had so much turmoil already because we weren't playing very well in T. O. and T.O. and and Andy Reid that got into it at the beginning of the year. Now we have a fight on our hands, and things went downhill very quickly from there.
4: I, I love that he was the ambassador at the time. He's <laughs> yeah. like, here's yeah, here's what I'm going to do as the ambassador. I'm going to go fight that dude. Um, Also, that T.O.
5: raised himself out of water like that. I mean, that's (laughs) such an amazing visual.
4: I like that you had a front row seat for that, too. But so you had had those interactions in the locker room and then you transitioned to the media. And I was telling everybody before we called you that you and I did the uh, post-post game show for the Eagles (laughs) for the last two years. And you and I, not upset that we're not doing it this year, kind (laughs) of happy about it. Um, but now you're that you're part of the media, what were your interactions like with the media in the locker room? Because Colleen and I were talking about so I I think I told you Colleen and I actually met in the Eagles locker room. Wow. Then, yeah. Right, that's amazing. It's weird, right? It's
5: a weird atmosphere in there. It's, uh-huh, it's uh-huh.
4: a weird atmosphere and it's like we know it's weird for you guys because you're you know, you're coming off the field and you're getting changed and you've got cameras. And you're and trying
5: whatever. to like go to meetings and get showered and there's people asking it's you weird. questions. And then
4: but for us too, like, it's equally weird because You know, here we are, we're trying to do a job, but also part of our job entails talking to dudes in various states of undress.
5: And sort of like (laughs) I felt like a stalker a lot of times, too, because I would sort of wait by somebody's locker and then like sort of follow them. Like if they came out of the shower, you would sort of have to like be near the locker. It was like a very just strange, weird social environment
4: yeah right when you when you were a player and then after you transitioned to the media, like what was that dynamic for you like for you did you did you get any different take on it once you went into the media, or how did you feel about it at the time
9: well, i think the the biggest thing for me was as a player, everyone is always waiting for you, everyone wants you to be there, and if you're supposed to be there at twelve all the the media and things like that the reporters they'll be there at eleven fifty five waiting and and you could come at 12:15, and everyone's still happy to see you because they need you for that sound clip or whatever that is that you're trying to do a story on, and it's, it flips. And so as a player, you feel important. You also, you know, you kind of take your time to do your own thing, but when you become a media individual, at that point, it flips. And so you could be sitting there waiting for 20 or 30 minutes for a guy and to, just to do an interview, to, to do a three-minute interview, and then you're like, okay, man, this is enough. And But the truth is, as a media person, as an individual in the media, you have to then
2: wait and you have
9: to be happy when you when you have an opportunity to talk to a guy. And so it was a big, not a shock to me, but it was something that I didn't really realize or think about as a player. One of those things that I didn't um, take into consideration. Most of the time I was on, on time anyway, but I know a lot of guys that kept media people waiting hours, just to get interviews, and it was always tough for those guys. But at the same time, now that I'm in the media, it's, I have a different perspective of it.
4: One more before we let you go, and this has absolutely nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. It was just something that Colleen and I wanted to run past you. Because...
5: I also have another one, too, Before, but well, after that. Okay. So two okay. more. Two All more. right,
4: so two more. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know which one you want to talk about. All right, so uh, – for those of you guys who don't know, Brian Westbrook is a handsome man. He knows how to dress well. We go on television.
7: That guy has <laughs> I,
4: I, I, sit ne- I sat next to him for two years, and I'd be like, i got to step my clothes game up. Yeah. Um, so Colleen and I were talking, B. West, the other day about the ripped jean phenomenon for ladies. It's mm-hmm. a cool thing again. Dudes, though,
5: not as cool. And yeah. I've seen some dudes try to pull it off. What's and, your stance yeah, on ripped jeans for dudes? Why do
4: you think that it's a better look for ladies than it is for dudes? Well, you know, I actually don't feel that
9: way. I I, really? I actually own a couple pair of ripped jeans. <laughs> See, right now. I
3: told you, John. Yeah, but he's and
9: cool. So, he could pull it off. <laughs> it is. It is cool. You, you have to get back into it, John. I say, John, you're a flashy dresser, dresser too, but you're kind of not basic. But you <laughs> like the normal <laughs> stuff. That's the type of thing that you like. And so, the ripped jeans probably isn't your look.
4: But maybe just try it one time.
5: This is amazing. Maybe,
4: maybe just try it one time. I said I said so many good things about him before we came on. He's like, ah, John's a little basic.
5: Basic is the best. So good. All right. So I need to know, we were talking earlier about Donovan McNabb um, mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. What happened with Donovan McNabb?
4: Oh, you're talking about the.
5: Did he actually throw up?
4: See this is this is where my concussion starts to make everything a little
3: fuzzy. Oh, and, and
5: really?
9: My memory,
3: yeah. my
9: memory <laughs> is a little as fuzzy good as it once was.
5: <laughs> oh he my god! Was there
4: for five's retirement,
5: that's right.
4: His, his number, his jersey retirement. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
9: yeah. yeah. So you can't. Now, toss you know what? I'll,
4: I'll say fine. this about
9: Don Donovan was a great teammate, um, great competitor. He he willed us to a lot of wins throughout my career. Um, as far as the Super Bowl goes, I, I, I don't even really remember. But I know one thing. When it was time to strap it up and go out there on the field, there's no other competitor I would want to walk out there on the field with other than Donovan Knapp as my quarterback. I'll tell you that. Oh That's
5: my how God.
4: I felt about Brian Westbrook when we sat there and talked about football at 1 a.m. Nobody I want to sit there and talk as a competitor even at 1 a.m. Brian Westbrook, we miss you, buddy. Thanks for everything. You're a superstar.
5: Thanks so much, right, Brian. Got-
9: Gonzo, Colleen,
4: thank you very much. Take care. All right, brother. See ya. He's the best.
5: You're so basic, John. Yes, that is awesome. Everybody tweet John and tell him that he's basic. What's your Twitter again? I don't even know. Uh, Underscore underscore
4: John Gons. You
5: got the underscore going.
4: I used to have a check mark and everything. I've really fallen far. (laughs) I had a job where they paid me money. And I had a check mark on my Twitter account and then I left and everything <laughs> created. Now I'm getting called names by people I used to work with.
5: John turned to me one day and said, Oh my god, I am rupturing Twitter followers. Hemorrhaging,
4: but that's ah, also,
5: hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging. Uh,
4: that also true. All right, so we got one more thing for you guys. So Colleen saw yes. something that came up this week.
5: So uh, everybody saw it. Tom Brady with the scissors, um, His quote was kind of my favorite. He was like, I was ready to go, had everything on, I was just trying to get something out of my shoe. The scissors slipped. So we were talking about bizarro off-the-field sports injuries.
4: Yeah, because, I mean, and I've made this point before, but I think it bears making again. In the history of shoes and scissors, you've never used one to get something out of the other. I don't know where he came up with this radical idea.
5: I'm sure. Like, it had to have been his cleats. He was getting something out of his cleats.
4: Uh, Okay, I mean, again, my point... Hey, if you pull out the old like, scissors, hey, John. could you hand me the old shoe machete? I'm going to get in and <laughs> dig something out of my... That's what Who he needs.
5: That? We should send him a shoe we machete. Will,
4: we had thought about that. But so we went through bizarre injuries mm-hmm. because...
5: Yes, what we else went are we through. Do? All...
4: You can't hear anything. <laughs> this in our house with the fans and the television was so we decided to talk about bizarre injuries.
5: Yeah, so we made some dinner the other night, and then when we ranked them, uh, there was a lot of discussion and a lot of disagreement. But we finally have our rankings.
4: Wait, so it's important to note, though, that these are football injuries or football players only. Obviously, Whoa, NFL. One of us works there, uh, and the other thing is <laughs> the other one does not. Uh, these are also off-field random injuries. So I had like really pushed hard for grammatica mm-hmm. who had, i think it was bill right there's like 12 grammaticas they're yeah. like more grammaticas than there are Plum justin
5: houston steven tolock like yeah so he he had
4: jumped up and like hurt himself and whatever uh so these are only off-field injuries mm-hmm. uh, so we came up with a comprehensive list
5: okay so we have our top five top five number five and this is like kind of our weakest so maybe it's number five if you guys have a better one That you want to throw at us? Send it our way.
4: Don't throw shade at the list yet. We're just
5: starting. This is is a weak one. The weakest link is five. It's Darren McFadden recently breaking his elbow trying to save his iPhone. I think he can afford afford an iPhone. We've all sort of been there with the cracked screen. Mm -hmm. It's not a good look pretty annoying but come on
4: also Darren McFadden I guess next time hurt yourself more for Colleen's amusement like so you could <laughs> try be be-
5: harder so try to get hurt harder
4: so you could be a better number five I guess yeah
5: I, come I, liked on. I
4: thought it was uh, funny number four Love this one uh was Brian Greasy back in the day if you guys there are a lot of you Sydney I don't even know if you were born in 2002 when were you born
1: I was born in 1993. Oh, so, We're right, good at good math. Enough. Yay! Uh, so, so
4: 2002, uh, Sydney <laughs> just barely walking at that at that point. But Brian Greasy was a quarterback, and
5: um, how old did you think Sydney was? I don't. She's super young looking. <laughs> I
4: don't know. I, I I think that's a compliment. I don't know. I'm uh, drowning in Brian Greasy. Not the talk first now. time
3: I've been mistaken for a high school student. <laughs> so
4: so, so well, Colleen too. She gets carded all the time. Uh, but so Brian Greasy couldn't play for a while because he said that his golden retriever pushed him down the stairs so bad dog I guess I don't know uh but Brian Greasy down the stairs
5: No, like I you walk our we have two dogs and you walk them I don't predominantly I don't do any of the walking Colleen
4: just came home with dogs and was like "Here here you go
5: now walk them but I've seen them like sort of drag you down the steps
4: I'm pretty strong I'm probably going to teach
5: Dasher how to push you down the steps and he's pretty strong
4: as a quick aside uh, we got our first dog because I wanted a dog so Colleen brought uh, the dog home for Christmas and we named the dog Blitzen and then she just came home with another dog and we named it Dasher
5: well his name was Doug which I thought was pretty cool
4: and then her family got another dog and they named it Vixen so So now we're a whole weirdo troop of dogs named after reindeer
5: it's weird Number let's go to number three. Number three. Number three, our very own Nate Burleson. Got into the accident while he was trying to rescue two deep dish pizzas, one with pepperoni that was sliding off of the seat in his car. So he broke his arm in the accident. And you know what? I have no problem with this because if pizza was falling off the seat in my car, I would have done the same thing.
4: Who hasn't broken their arm reaching for pizza? I think exactly. if it was just one pizza, he would have let it go. But like with well, two, it's now you're a And invested. deep
5: dish with pepperoni.
4: Yeah, you're pot committed at that point as the poker
7: player.
5: Yeah, also Nate Burleson owns vans the shoes with pizza slices on them i love i don't know if there's a connection there but i love it by the
4: way so he does the morning show right
5: yeah he's in new york now
4: we have to have him on to talk about the pizza fiasco
5: let's have everybody from that show on i think i think they're big fans of marital blitz
4: way to ingratiate (laughs) ourselves with the Greater NFL Network family. Yeah, is to have we Nick need Kay Adams on about his horrible, horrible mishap. Yeah, so let's do that.
5: <laughs> okay, how about number two, Brandon Marshall? Yeah,
4: number two was Brandon Marshall, <laughs> who said he slipped on a McDonald's wrapper. Which then caused him to fall through his entertainment center, (laughs) which then led to multiple lacerations on his arms. So
5: it's not funny.
4: uh, Evidently, you're. But every time I
5: hear this, it makes me laugh because watching people slip and fall is like one of the funniest things in the world to me. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Can I? This this
4: is also true. Uh, Another quick aside. We are at our house in Philadelphia. I was at my our house in Philadelphia. Colleen was here, uh, and our, we have Trinity stairs. So for those of you who don't live on the East Coast, they're basically like it's like they're climbing a ladder. They're really vertical
5: steep stairs. and they rotate
4: upwards. Right. It's not like a normal staircase, so they're very steep. And I was sober on the third floor and missed a step and realized that I had missed a step and that like this is it's all over for me now. So I tumble down the stairs and I do the cartwheel and I crash through this dog gate. and I'm laying on the ground and I'm just moaning and my hip hurts and the dogs are sniffing around me. I was there for like 20. I felt like I needed a medical alert
5: bracelet like the olds have. So after I I was really starting to worry about John living alone at this point in our relationship,
4: I, I called her. And I explained what had happened. And after she stopped laughing, we <laughs> talked about if I was okay.
5: I was like, what the dogs do? They were just sort of watching you. You shade off of walls, whatever. But back to Brandon Marshall. Yeah. One of the other funny things, I went back and looked at some of the old articles about it. And uh, Adam Schefter, when he used to work here, uh, the one article pointed out that Brandon Marshall had texted him and said, um, It's funny because I pride myself on yak and being one of the toughest players to take down once I have my hands on the ball. So for the next couple of days, I'm going to take the time to build my confidence back up after allowing that McDonald's Big Mac to take me down and send me through the entertainment center.
4: <laughs> yeah. Sacked by a, a McDonald's rapper. It happens to the best of us. And then the last one. Rapper. The last yeah. one's indisputable. Anybody who mm. wants to dispute this, you're wrong, because this guy has not one but two freak injuries. Uh, not a
5: star player.
4: Doesn't matter. Played football. His name is Chris Hansen. He was a punter.
5: For the Jags. First
4: injury, freak injury. So uh, who was the head coach? It was Del Rio at the time, right? Yes. Del Rio brought, like, an axe to the Jaguars practice. This to, might have like, been the second injury. but remi- eh, We're going to do that one first, because the second one's even better. And and he, it was like a reminder for people to keep, chopping or keep working or some weird metaphor it
5: doesn't the ax, matter the axe incident
4: the axe man took it chris hansen took this and went and to chop this wood and missed and hit his non-kicking foot oh. and chopped his foot so that's bad that's bad not enough to how get you jack one on del rio
5: left. envisioned the whole motivational scenario working
4: when you get to number two then you're like i don't know man you
5: got to wrap yourself in bubble wrap <laughs> this was in 2002 and uh I guess he was at home with his wife and this is not a funny story. This is it's pretty This funny. is very serious though. The, uh, serious. so they were, he was severely burned when a fondue pot overturned on the floor. So Hanson suffered first and second degree burns on both his hands and his right ankle. And, um, I have another quote here. He said... He's
4: basically Darkman because of, he was eating fondue. That's a weird 90s movie reference, but oh, it's true. It's so...
5: Au- this is awful. It He said, It happened so fast. We were moving the fondue pot when it slipped onto the tile floor at my house. Then my wife fell into it. I know... Like, how big was the fondue pot? I just what tossed a pen across the room because I was
4: so alarmed it's, by it. It's
5: very... Like, that was a very serious thing. She suffered some serious burns, but, like... What? Who even uses fondue pots? That's like the big wedding gift that everybody gets and then just like sticks in the cabinet and dust sort of just like envelops the box.
4: Uh, I haven't seen a fondue pot ever. Apparently they broke it out. Let that be a lesson to you. Uh, Don't order your coffee too hot because remember like that lady suit Because your
5: wife could fall into it. Uh,
4: Right. Your wife could fall into your coffee pot. Yes. Or your fondue pot.
5: All right. So... That wraps up the show. Another show (laughs) in the books. I know. Exactly. Um, So, guys, thank you so much. Everybody behind the glass. Everybody out there still listening. If you're still there. Anybody still made it through
4: fondue (laughs) talk. Thank you. That
5: is great. Um, Please keep uh, tweeting us. Your feedback was awesome last week. Uh, Sydney, great job. TD, thank you so much. This is TD's last week here Uh, at NFL Media.
4: I think it's very important to tell you from the bottom of our heart, where would we be without you? Yeah, uh, this show wouldn't be the mega juggernaut <laughs> tacked onto the back end of the ATN podcast on a Friday that it has become. So thank you.
5: Yes. And the Irishman. Thank you so much. He's been busting it behind the scene to help us as well. Mark Brady, everybody here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, one final question for you, John. Have you found a job yet?
4: We'll talk about that if there's a next week. <laughs>
2: and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
9: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget.